You are listening to the Canadian Immigration Podcast, Season 2, Episode 11. With Citizenship and Immigration Canada making it increasingly difficult to speak to an officer, there are a few places to turn for information that can be relied upon. The Canadian Immigration Podcast was created to fill this void by offering the latest information on Canadian law, policy, and practice. Please welcome ex-immigration officer and Canadian immigration lawyer, Mark Holthy. As he answers a wide variety of immigration questions and shares practical tips and guidance to help you along your way. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Canadian Immigration Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Holthy, coming to you from the beautiful province of Alberta, Canada. To start off with, I want to apologize. I can't believe that it's been two months since I last did an episode. And uh, it seems like um, it was just yesterday that I was interviewing Carter Hoppy, and, uh, and now, bam, two months later... Obviously, the summer had a huge impact on uh, the time that I had to push out these podcasts when you've got four kids and you're chasing them around the countryside and and everything else that, that goes into a fairly recent transition to a new law firm. Well, some things kind of tend to drop away. And that's what happened with the podcast. Um, I'm also uh, heavily involved in doing these Facebook live videos, which are fantastic and so much fun. Uh, way more interactive because when you're doing them, you've got listener comments and you, you can interact with people live. And so I apologize, but this podcast has kind of taken a little bit of a backseat to that. But I'm excited, super excited in this episode to share an interview that I did with Geneviève Hainaut, who is an immigration lawyer practicing with the awesome law firm of Gomberg uh, Dolphin in Montreal, Quebec. And guess what we're going to talk about? Yes, the Quebec immigration programs. And so um, Geneviève, she covered uh, a little bit of permanent residence, a little bit of work permit, and just gave a a good overview of the things that you need to take into consideration when you as a foreign national or as an immigration lawyer are sending people into Quebec. And she offered some really good suggestions, some just some great little nuggets of of strategy. And uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited. Now, one thing I will also say is uh, I recently got braces. So can you imagine that? 45 years old, I will be in less than a month, and I have got these stupid braces on. So you can imagine a podcast where I'm doing a lot of talking, and how, if any of you who had braces as kids, uh, you can probably recollect how painful it is to actually talk when you've got this hardware in your mouth. Well, anyways, that's what I'm dealing with now. So you can probably tell that I sound a little bit different and uh, and I'm, I'm having to swallow a little bit more often than I normally do. But generally speaking, I am surviving. So about three weeks in, I'm starting to figure this out and uh, I'm back to the stage where I'm not too embarrassed to actually do this podcast. So uh, if you go to any of my Facebook pages, I'm starting to release more of the uh, the, the live videos uh, just because they're more fun. And uh, yeah, and you'll get a, a, a hilarious view at this old fogey with braces on. Anyways, it's a long sorted story that uh, I probably won't share in this podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, suffice it to say, I've got them on for the next year to year and a half. Anyways, We'll let that go, and uh, I also want to express appreciation to all of you guys that are still actually listening to this thing with such a long hiatus. And I also want to indicate that um, if you have a great idea or you yourself would love to come on the podcast as a guest and talk about a specific aspect of Canadian immigration, please do not hesitate to reach out to me, and uh, we'll get you on the show. All right, I am going to now shift gears and have you listened to the awesome interview that I did with immigration lawyer, Geneviève Hainaut. All right, I am here with Geneviève Hainaut, an immigration lawyer practicing with the law firm of Gomberg Dolphin in Montreal, Quebec. Welcome, Geneviève. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure for me to be with you today. Well, I'm super excited to have Geneviève join us because she is going to be sharing some insight on the Quebec immigration program. 
And this is not something that we have covered yet on the Canadian Immigration Podcast. So I am so grateful that Geneviève could take some time to jump on a Skype call with me and share some of the wealth of her experience as she's been practicing as an immigration lawyer in Quebec for many, many years. So thank you so much for joining us, Geneviève. My pleasure. You make me feel a bit old now. (laughs) No, not at all. Experience (laughs) isn't necessarily the number of years of practice, as you're very well aware. It comes from how you practice in those years. So, Well, that's true. That's true. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Geneviève Hainaut joined Gomberg Dolphin uh, in Montreal in May of 2008. And since her call to the Quebec bar, she's practiced exclusively in the field of immigration and uh, with, specifically in the admission into Canada of skilled professionals, business people, and foreign students. And like many of the guests on the Canadian Immigration Podcast, this is the exclusive area of practice. And uh, as lawyers, we can never say that we are experts, but um, the, our practices are restricted to, <laughs> to exclusively to immigration. So welcome. And, uh, and uh, like I said, it's, it's a delight to have you join us. Um, uh, Geneviève um, has over 18 years of experience. And this experience, like many of us, has helped us to figure out this crazy world of immigration and uh, has given us an opportunity to work with many, many diverse clients. And it's interesting, as I was, rev- as I was reviewing the bio of Geneviève, she explained that for a number of years, and I think it was about seven or so, you had your own practice. Is that correct? Yes, I, I did practice on my own, um, mostly between 2001 and 2008. And it was a very nice experience, although I very much appreciate now being part of a team. Absolutely. And as many of the listeners to the podcast are aware, for years, I pretty much had my own, uh, my own practice, my own firm as well. And just recently in March, made the decision to rejoin a- another firm. So without a doubt, it's, it's, there's some really fun, unique aspects to practicing on your own. But there's definitely something to having other colleagues that you can bounce ideas off of and just that general association. So that makes perfect sense. Now, now when you had your own practice, you had a chance to gallivant around the world. And uh, you told me that you had had conducted a number of different conferences and presentations on, on permanent residency to Canada in a number of different continents, Europe. Africa, South America, and Asia. Can you share just a little bit of insight with our listeners about that experience? Yes, of course. So that was a moment in time where immigration was not as complex as it is today. And especially in Quebec, we had uh, quite simple, uh, skilled, um, permanent residence programs. And It was very nice for me to travel and uh, organize some presentations in different countries where uh, I would put an ad in a newspaper and receive um, some guests in a large conference room to explain uh, what the the program was about. And those who were interested uh, would fill in a form so that I could evaluate their candidacy uh, and uh, those who wanted retained my service, and uh, I was then uh, preparing their application. So this has allowed me to travel and meet very nice people around the world, and it was a nice experience uh, and a nice practice at that time. Okay, now I have to ask this question, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Which, <laughs> which continent was your favorite to visit? Well, I have to say that it was Latin America. Mm. I really, really enjoyed uh, the time I spent in Colombia, in Mexico, in Argentina. Uh, These were favorite countries of mine. Um, I I met uh, very uh, good people there, uh, including my husband, actually. (laughs) Well, if he's listening to this podcast, then... uh... I can understand 100% why South America would be a place that created very fond memories for you. It's true. It would be difficult to say otherwise. <laughs> that's wonderful. That is so awesome. And that's one, I think, the one of the draws for us as immigration lawyers 
was the opportunity to to travel. And it's interesting with this whole world of online filing and the way express entry has become entirely electronic, some of those opportunities are not quite there the way they used to be. But uh, I think for many of us, that opportunity to travel abroad and to interact with people all over the world is is one of the things that attracted us to immigration. Exactly. And, and so that, uh, Genevieve, gives me the lead-in to the question that I ask every single guest who comes on the podcast, at least those that are immigration lawyers. Tell us, how did you get into immigration? Well, I got there a little bit by chance. Um, after I finished my, my training in law, I decided um, that I didn't want to work for a, a large law firm. I was aiming to work at a small boutique law firm. And I saw a little ad in the newspaper, um, and it was it was stating that it was a firm working in immigration and, and uh, allowing the candidate to work and travel around the world. So that was very appealing to me. And as I got to the the office uh, listed on the ad, um, I had the pleasure of uh, meeting uh, Jean-Philippe Brunet and Chantal Arsenault. I think uh, you probably both, both know them. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they, they conducted the interview uh, together with um, a main uh, partner of the firm. And so it was a very pleasant experience. And they offered me a position uh, in the firm, which was called uh, at the time Brunet Arsenault. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into immigration. Interesting. <clears throat> yes. yes. And and uh, it, it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, when it comes to us immigration lawyers, especially those that are involved with the Canadian Bar Association, which, of course, you are as well, we have lots of opportunities to interact with one another. And, and, and so our group is actually pretty tight knit. And it's a, it's a relatively small bar in terms of all of the various areas of law that people can practice in. And so yeah, very much it's a small world. It is. And when you have an opportunity to interact with people, even when you're changing positions or, you know, you're always going to find uh, commonalities and people that, you know, and, and mutual associations and all of those things. And um, because our bar is so collegial, um, that's one of the things that I find and I, I like most is, is just the associations with everyone, including yourself and your, your wonderful firm and uh, the two the two founders, uh, Seth and, and Avi, uh, of, of the firm that you work for, are just exceptional lawyers and just great people. And uh, I agree. I yeah. agree. They are very nice professionals, but mostly very, very nice uh, persons. Absolutely. Just so willing to give and to share and to help. And, and I'll tell you, when, whenever I have, uh, and I'll start to plug right now because this is my podcast and I can do whatever I want. So mm -hmm. if you have any Quebec-based immigration needs, you're definitely going to want to reach out to, uh, to uh, Geneviève and, and to her firm, um, uh, Gomberg Dolphin in Montreal, Quebec. And I can tell you that when I get those issues, they're, they're the firm of, of choice for me. So, so there's the plug. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. You're so kind. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into the topic. I know everyone is anxious to, to figure out what is this Quebec immigration all about. So right off the bat, we know that Quebec, the province of Quebec, has its own separate immigration program that differs, you know, from the traditional federal program that all the other provinces participate in. Now, each province does have a provincial nominee program, but this is just a little bit different. How did this come about, Geneviève? How did, did, you know, how did Quebec get its own immigration deal? Yeah. Um, the, the Quebec um, agreement uh, signed with the Canadian government is called l'accord Gagnon-Tremblay-McDougall. And it refers to um, Madame Monique Gagnon-Tremblay, which was a ministry of the community, cultural and immigration at that time. And that was in 1978. And they uh, wanted at that time to really preserve and promote the cultural and French identity of Quebec. And they felt the need uh, for that to have a greater power in the selection of the immigrants 
coming to settle in Quebec to ensure that these would be sensitive to the language and the culture and make efforts to, to learn French uh, or already have some basic knowledge of French. So that's where it came from. Hmm, and that makes perfect sense. So as many of our listener, listeners are aware, Canada is a bilingual country. And so English and French are our national languages. And it makes perfect sense with one province of Quebec without measures such as this to protect that culture and, you know, the language and, and uh, everything that comes with um, uh, being a Francophone in Canada to have special things in place to prevent the rest of the English-speaking provinces from essentially diluting and, and, and losing that identity. So um, that makes perfect sense to me. And uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a Western Canadian Alberta redneck... <laughs> I I, I definitely uh, subscribe to the philosophy that the importance of of Quebec and and its unique identity. And uh, I think it makes our country just that much better. I agree. I think that everything that is done with respect, uh, then it promotes diversity. And I think that it's it's one of the characteristics of our country that makes it so appealing. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Now, let's dive into some of the topics that we're going to be covering. Now, um, Genevieve, I asked uh, her to to give us kind of an overview of, of what's available and in particular, some of the differences that exist within the Quebec program um, as compared to the federal one. And so she's going to share some insight on to start with on some of the permanent resident options and then we're going to finish off with some temporary work permit uh, considerations. And uh, anyone who is outside of Canada, I think the first thing they think of when they think Quebec is the Immigrant Investor Program. So why don't we start with that economic uh, program? How does that sound? Perfect. So we do have an investor uh, category in Quebec. And every year uh, there's a quota that opens up. And this year, it opened up in May 29th, and it will close in February 23rd, 2018. So during that period of time, a maximum of 1,900 applications can be received, out of which a maximum of 1,330 applications can be from China, including Hong Kong and Macau. Hmm. So... So this is, is nice, and uh, to this day, the quota has not been reached yet. But what is very interesting to know is that if your client has advanced intermediate knowledge of oral French, so oral French is the oral comprehension and oral expression, uh, the level to reach is B2, so B2 is equivalent to high intermediate, If your client has that level of French, then your client is not subject to the quota and can submit the investor application at any moment until February 23rd, 2018. So once again, there is a little bit a special treatment, if you will, for those who already have the ability to speak French. Absolutely. And the way to demonstrate that knowledge in the investor category is to um, pass a standardized test that is recognized by the Quebec Immigration Department. So there's a list of tests, but the main ones are the TFAC, the TEF, the DALF, and the DELF. So these are some French tests that are given around the world um, most of them by, by the Alliance Française group. And if your client passed the test and reached a level of B2 in both oral components, then you're half the hook for the quotas. Very cool. Yeah. So under our investor program, your client needs to have a net assets of at least 1.6 million Canadian dollars acquired legally, of course, and this can include the assets of a spouse or common-law partner that accompany the main applicant. So 
it also excludes any donation that was received less than six months prior to the submission of the application. So this is the part of the asset that you need to demonstrate. And your client also needs to have a minimum of two years of experience in business management. That experience can be in the management of illegal farming or commercial or industrial business or in a legal professional business where, the, where there is at least the equivalent of two full-time employees. It can also be uh, business management experience in an international agency or a government or one of its department. So it's interesting and pretty broad. So this would, this would work whether you are an owner yourself of the, of the, the business or whether you're just a senior executive with management experience? Exactly. Or, okay. Hmm. You do not need to own necessarily uh, the business because if you work for, as an example, an international agency, uh, you're not owning the agency, right. but you work as an executive and you manage at least two full-time employees. Excellent. Yes. And the, one of the last criteria is to have the intention to settle in Quebec and to sign an agreement to invest 800000 Canadian dollar with a broker or a trust company that is authorized to participate in the investor program. So there are actually 13 different brokers uh, in Quebec that are authorized to participate in the program. And your client needs to sign an agreement where uh, 800,000 Canadian dollar will be invested with that financial intermediary. You also have the option to have that investment financed by the broker. So these are two options uh, and, and your client should feel free to, to choose the one that is more, more suitable to him. Hmm, interesting. So 1.6 net worth, 1.6 million, and then they can choose whether they want to self-fund the full 800,000 or use one of these brokers to, to finance it. Exactly. But whether you finance it or not, you need to sign the agreement to invest the $800,000 mm -hmm. with one of the brokers. So after five years, if you uh, put up front the $800,000, the capital is returned to you without any interest. While on the other hand, if you have it financed, the broker will uh, agree to a financial cost for the financing. And I believe, depending of the various brokers, it can vary between around $200,000 and $200,040, uh, more or less. And your client will pay upfront the financing of the investment. And at the end of the five years, nothing is returned to him. Gotcha. So that's the way the investor program works. And the processing time to obtain the Quebec selection certificate is, is quite fast right now. Uh, we talk of approximately six months. Uh, if uh, it, it also depends of the, the volume of documents that are being uh, submitted in support of the application. Um, files that are a bit more complex can take a little bit longer. Uh, but it's it's not so long right now. So the uh, the the applications is filed in Montreal uh, with the Quebec Immigration Department, and the interviews are conducted in Montreal as well. Hmm. So six months to get the selection certificate, and then yes. is does it then go to the province? Uh, sorry, to the federal government for processing hey. or. Exactly. Then the, the applicant must submit the permanent residency application with the federal authorities uh, where, you know, security verification and medical verification will take place. And how long does that portion of the process take? It really depends on the country of origin uh, of the applicant because some security verifications take longer than other. 
Um, we can think of processing time varying between 12 to 24 months, sometime a little longer uh, when, when there's some issues with security. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So investors is the first. What do we have next? We have two programs that I'm going to mention very briefly because they still exist today, although they are currently closed. Mm. We had the entrepreneur program where no application will be received until uh, March 31st, 2018. And we have the self-employed program, which is also closed and which also will not receive uh, any application until March 31st, 2018. So these two programs um, were somehow a little bit similar, but the entrepreneur one required net assets of at least 300,000 Canadian dollars, which can include the assets of a spouse or common law. And the applicant needs to have two years of full-time experience uh, in running a business acquired uh, during the five years preceding the submission of the application. And the, the way it works is that the applicant must be controlling at least 25% of the capital equity of his company abroad. And he must present the application in one of the two program components. So the first one is the ability to carry out a business project. That means that you would be creating your own business or you have the project of acquiring a business in Quebec. It can be agricultural, industrial, or commercial uh, that you will manage yourself and in which you will control at least 25% of the capital equity with a value of at least $100,000. Hmm. The second component of the entrepreneur program would be if you don't want to create your own business or buy or have the project of buying one, that you already acquired a business in Quebec in which you uh, own at least 25% of the capital equity for a value of at least $100,000. So it's, it was a relatively interesting program, um, but with a lot of conditions imposed to it. And so many applicants were finding it quite heavy uh, in terms of um, managing all of these conditions that you have to comply with. So it was not and has not been a very popular program in Quebec. And I think that's why it's probably being um, revisited right now. We also had the self-employed program, which is more interesting in my opinion. Um, it is for applicants who wants to come to Quebec to create their own job uh, by practicing a profession or a trade on their own account. They must demonstrate that they have net assets of at least 100,000 Canadian dollar and uh, that they have at least two years of experience as a self-employed in the profession or trade that they plan to practice in Quebec. So the problem with this category is it's that it has been used uh, at all sauce, as we say, you know, <laughs> so s some applicants who didn't really have self-employed experience uh, submitted applications um, or, or they had some experience in their country, let's say, as practicing law, but wanted to open a restaurant uh, in mm, Montreal. Gotcha. So these are the issues that uh, sometimes are met with that category. But for now, it is closed, and we have news that the uh, Quebec Immigration Department is working on uh, new categories that might be implemented sometime in 2018, including a Quebec version of the express entry. Because for now, Quebec is excluded of the express entry program, right? Yes, and I can tell you that I've had where I've heard of people going through the regular express entry route 
that I think they just innocently, and I don't know how innocent, but they ask, one of the questions was, what is your destination? Where do you want to live in Canada? And I, I've, I've had feedback from some people who've said that when they put Quebec down, <laughs> that their application got refused. It got sent yes. back. And yes, so, because the province of Quebec is not part of the Express Entry program, mm-hmm. but Quebec is currently working on a similar program that might be called something like Declaration of Interest. So there's no official news that were released by the Quebec Immigration Department yet. So we're hoping to receive further news on these new programs in 2018. Well, we'll have to stay tuned and maybe even get you back to talk about that again if there, if these changes do come to fruition. Yeah, it will be my pleasure. So what we do have that is very interesting, though, in Quebec for now um, is uh, what we call Le Programme de l'Experience Québécoise. It's the Quebec Experience Class. It is a very interesting program if your client resides in Quebec And there are two different components to that uh, program. The first one is for the skilled temporary foreign worker. So if your client has been residing in Quebec with a valid work permit and accumulated at least 12 months of full-time paid professional work within the 24 months prior to the submission of the application, And if that experience is of level O, A, or B of the National Occupational Classification, then your client would become eligible for that program at one additional condition. Do you have any guess? (laughs) Hmm. An intention to live in Quebec? French. Knowledge of French. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So your, your client needs to demonstrate an intermediate knowledge of oral French. Hmm. So again, the same level B2. Now, one question I have, there's definitely an emphasis on the oral aspect. We know with the federal programs, they are very particular about all four abilities, reading, Mm -hmm. writing, speaking, and listening. And so do you have any thoughts on why the Quebec programs are satisfied with oral, you know, with the speaking portion alone? Yes. Well, in the program that we just discussed, there's the investor program that is satisfied with only the oral component and then the Quebec experience class. If you regular Quebec skilled worker program, then the written components are assessed as well. Ah. So I think it is a name to promote uh, knowledge of French, but to show some flexibility as well. Uh, especially for the Quebec experience class where you you have a client that is already living in Quebec and working in Quebec. So I think the intention was to promote French, but not to be too strict at the same time. It makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. So the good thing is that in the Quebec experience class, the ways to demonstrate your knowledge of French is a little bit more expanded than in the investor uh, category. You can either pass a standardized test that is recognized by the Quebec Immigration Department, or you can complete a course that is provided in Quebec. And on the website of the Quebec Immigration Department, there are a list of courses that are approved. So it's not just to pass a test, a standardized test, but you enroll in a college or university or high school that provides one of the course and you attend the course and if you pass it with a benchmark of 60%, then you satisfy the program. So many of our clients uh, prefer to, to attend a course because they find it less stressful than just to pass uh, one of the standardized tests. That makes sense. You also have the opportunity, if you have studied in French in your life, uh, if you completed a post-secondary education program of at least three years, entirely in French, 
then you can provide a certified true copy of the transcripts of that program and satisfy the program. Hmm. So there's a so number of fair. options. Exactly, and it's, it's very interesting. Uh, we often have uh, some clients from France in Quebec, and they are very pleased to know that they don't have to follow a French course or pass a test, and that their transcript from university or college is sufficient. And that's definitely unlike our express entry process that forces even our American uh, counterparts or uh, UK citizens or Australian citizens to all write the English test regardless. So <laughs> It's true. It's true. So there is some flexibility here in that program that is very appreciated by some of the applicants. So if you qualify under that program, there is very little document to provide in support of your application. And the processing time is very fast, six to eight weeks with no interview and you receive your Quebec selection certificate. So it's, it's very nice. Uh, and many, many applicants, they love this program for that reason. Wow. And then how long is it currently taking for the federal processing to, to be completed? Once you are in Canada, which is normally the case of mm -hmm. all these applicants under the Quebec Experience class, the current processing time is approximately 13 months. Okay. It's not so, so long. Similar no. to the provincial nominee programs, the regular streams. That's true. It's quite comparable. Hmm. Yes. And then we also have to that category, the Quebec Experience class, we have a component for the Quebec graduated. So if you have a client that has been studying in Quebec uh, and um, lived in Quebec at least half of the duration of his study program and obtained his diploma or will obtain it within the coming six months, you can submit the application under the Quebec Experience class as a graduated. You also need to demonstrate that you have an advanced intermediate knowledge of oral French. And it can be demonstrated in the same way as for the skilled workers. So either you pass a standardized test. If your diploma in Quebec was achieved in, in French, then you just submit the transcript of that diploma or you can spend a course, uh, complete a course in Quebec that is approved and satisfy the program requirement. Hmm. So unlike the Canadian experience class, these graduates do not need to even work. No, there is no professional experience required from them to qualify for the program. Wow. So what we normally do is that we will submit a post-graduation work permit in parallel to this application mm -hmm. for permanent residency. And by the time that they hopefully gain some professional experience time, their permanent residency... They get their PR. Yes, exactly. So oh. that is a great, great program. Absolutely it is. Yes. The important thing to remember in that program, though, is that you're not eligible if you hold a bursary with a clause stipulating a return to your country, country. unless you have already fulfilled with this condition. Mm -hmm. You cannot use that program if you um, start a new study program in Quebec. So you must be a candidate that wish to integrate the employment market. Gotcha. So it's not, for example, you just obtain your master degree. You cannot submit this permanent residency application while you enroll for a PhD, for example. Ah, gotcha. You must be ready to ready work. Ready to work. Yes. Hmm. And then you must submit the application within the next 36 months uh, following the issuance of your uh degree. Hmm. So there's so, a little bit of a time, uh, you know, a time limit that you have to adhere to. Exactly. It's three years, three years from the, the time you completed your study program in Quebec. So you must submit your application before that time. Excellent. So basically, um, what I'll say is any of you um, postgraduate students or those who are going to school right now in Quebec, and you're wondering what your options are, well, it's pretty simple. Call Genevieve and she will direct you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes. 
So that leads us to the last program that we will cover for permanent residency today, which is the Quebec Regular Skill Worker Program. So if you don't fit in any of the program that we uh, briefly discussed today, you may have a chance to submit an application under the Regular Skill Worker Program. This is open for candidates residing in Canada or outside of Canada. However, if you reside outside of Canada, there's a quota that is imposed every year. And for this year, there is a remaining 5,000 applications that will be received. Um, the intake period will be announced soon. It will be before March 31st, 2018, and we suspect that it, the intake period will start at the beginning of 2018. Hmm. Now, if you reside in Quebec and have a valid work permit issued for at least one year, you're not subject to the quota. If you hold a permanent job validation, you are also not submit to this quota and can present the application at any time from Quebec. Geneviève, can you explain what this permanent job validation is? I'll get to this very, <laughs> I'm jumping very, ahead. <laughs> no, exactly. I'll, I'll come to it because it's very interesting. I, I will tell you who would submit an application under the Quebec Skill Worker Program. Uh, when you have the Quebec Experience class, it's more appealing to use that program. Yes. But if you are someone who cannot achieve a level of B2 of French, um, you may have to use the regular Quebec Skill Worker program that is based on a selection grid providing points for various cr criteria such as the level of education, uh, preferred areas of training, professional experience, age, knowledge of French and English. Um, stay in Quebec. You can earn some points if you have stayed in Quebec, if you have some family members in Quebec that are permanent resident or Canadian citizens. The spouse can also add some points as well as children. So it is a program that is really heavy in terms of documents to submit. Um, and the processing time is long. It can take up to 24 months in some cases. Uh, so it's not a favorite program, but sometimes it's the only one the only available. Option. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Now, what happens with the clients that we sometimes have who cannot reach a level of B2 in French, so they cannot use the Quebec Experience Class program, and they don't reach a sufficient score under the Quebec regular skill worker program. Okay, the threshold to meet if you are single is 50 points. And if you're accompanied with a spouse or common law partner is 59 points. So we do sometimes have executives that have been living and working in Quebec for many years. They do not speak French. Mm -hmm. They are above 43 years old, which is the age <laughs> where you lose all points for age. Uh... But they wow. want to gain permanent residency. So what do we do? A good strategy in these cases is to apply for a permanent job validation. So the reason for that is if you obtain the permanent job validation, you receive some bonus points. It's eight points if the job is located in the greater Montreal area and 10 bonus points if it's outside of the greater Montreal area. And right now, since August 2nd, the permanent job validation has become easier to obtain. So normally, the employer in Quebec needs to advertise the position for four consecutive weeks within the six months prior to the submission of the application. So you need normally to uh, advertise the position on the employer website, on the website of Emploi Québec, which is the equivalent of the Canada Job Bank, and on a third method of recruitment. Um, it could be uh, on a website such as Monster Job Boom or Workopolis. 
And you need to demonstrate that you couldn't find any qualified candidates available to occupy the position. However, since August 2nd of this year, if the candidate that the employer wants to hire permanently is already employed in Quebec and holds a work permit, you are exempted from the recruitment. Oh, wow. So you submit the application with the uh, resume of the candidate, a job description. You must provide the most recent financial statement of the company as well as the incorporation document of the company. And you uh, also provide evidence of the qualification of the candidates. So a letter of reference from his employer, as well as a copy of the diplomas where it is applicable. And within two to four months, you receive the approval for a permanent job validation. So the beautiful thing that we've seen on a strategic point of view for the applicants who could not qualify to any of the program is that even if the eight or 10 bonus points that you receive are not sufficient to allow you to qualify under the regular program, the fact that you just opened obtain a permanent job validation makes it very difficult for the Quebec Immigration Department to refuse oh. your Quebec selection certificate application. So we have a, a section which is section 40 of the Quebec Immigration Regulations that provides that if, if in reality a candidacy on paper does not show the potential of a candidate to really integrate socially and professionally in Quebec, the minister can grant the Quebec selection certificate even if the threshold of points is not met. Hmm. Substituted so, evaluation. Exactly. That, interesting, which is, of course, no longer present in the, <laughs> the, federal, the federal system. That is really cool. That yeah, is it's neat. It's very interesting. It's neat and it allows some candidates who would otherwise not be able to gain permanent residency in Quebec uh, to gain it. So Wow. Yeah. Quebec is looking better and better every day. <laughs> we try hard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think of all of these programs and there is tremendous parallel, obviously, with the federal programs. Uh, historically speaking, everything from the Quebec experience class to the Canadian experience class to the Quebec skilled worker versus the, the federal skilled worker program. And there's so many variations, but all of it the pain true. points that I suffer and my clients suffer continually, um, you folks in Quebec have removed them all. <laughs> so that is amazing. Yes, I think that we have some pretty cool programs in Quebec and we can still benefit from a certain level of flexibility uh, which which makes it nice for some of our clients. Yes. Wow. Mm. Well, if you are, are finished the permanent resident side, maybe let's transition into some of the, the nuances with applying for temporary work permits when destined for Quebec. Yes. So I know we don't have so much time left. So I'm just going to speak about two different work permit categories uh, that are very specific to Quebec. So the first one is the Quebec Simplified LMIA process. So we have in Quebec a list of occupations. Actually, there are 58 occupations that are listed where the province of Quebec recognizes a, sh a shortage. And therefore, if you submit an LMIA application for one of these occupations, you do not need to advertise for the position. So it's a great advantage, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Clearly the, the traditional LMIA process, um, yeah, it is nasty, ugly, painful, <laughs> and the bane of my existence. Um, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, oh, what was it called? A few years back uh, at the federal level, we had the... Was it expedited LMIA process, I think, which mm -hmm. theoretically as well, if your occupation was on that list, then it worked. 
boy, all of the good programs Quebec has retained and the feds have shot down. <laughs> yeah, well, we're very happy to have that program in Quebec because the list of occupations is revisited every February 24th of every year. So they update the list. Some, some occupations are removed and some new ones are added. And when the list is revisited, there's always, so far there has always been a transition period of 30 days that was provided. So during that 30 day period, you can still use one of the occupation that was in the list that just was modified. And the list is pretty broad. Uh, currently, you have occupations such as financial managers, um, human resource professional, uh, marketing managers, um, accounting technicians, civil engineers, mechanical engineers. You have a lot of occupations in the IT sector, such as computer engineers, information system analysts, software engineers, computer programmers, website developers. And then you have all kind of more technical uh, positions, such as landscape technicians, uh, civil engineering technicians, mechanical engineering technicians, construction estimators, uh, video game testers, user support technician, computer network technician, pharmacist. Uh, you have a lot of occupations in the health uh, sector as audiologist, occupational therapist, respiratory therapist, um, and then you have social workers, nurses, executive chef, licensed cook. So I'm not going to name them My all. My goodness. But as you can I think see, you've yeah. pretty much listed about 80% of the various positions in the NOC. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, so. and I can tell you the one that stood out to me and some of our younger listeners is definitely the video game tester. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> I can imagine that's a very sought-after uh, occupation. <laughs> yeah, it's quite popular. So it's it's very interesting uh, to be able to submit an LMIA application in Quebec uh, in one of these occupations with no advertising. You also need to submit uh, an application for a Quebec certificate of acceptance because it's a dual process uh, with Quebec and the federal side uh, of the authorities that is involved. So the total processing time is approximately seven to eight weeks. And the acceptance rate is quite high for obvious reasons. Yes. So mm -hmm. what is important to remember, though, is that you must have a candidate that meets the knock requirements for the position mm -hmm. in terms of experience, academic uh, background, and salary. So these are the main uh, key points under that uh, Quebec simplified LMIA process. Hmm. So, And just to clarify as well, individuals that are coming through our traditional, you know, NAFTA-based work permits and intercompany transfers, those, even though they are destined to Quebec, they are still able to uh, use those traditional uh, international agreements. Is that not correct? Yes, it is correct. Okay. So they would have the options to choose whatever is more suitable of to course. them. And in Quebec, if ever you're coming to occupy a position that is less than 30 days, then there's no need for a CAQ, the Quebec mm -hmm. Certificate of Acceptance. And also under all these international uh, agreements, such as the NAFTA or uh, the LMIA-exempted categories, such as the intra-company, uh, significant benefit to Canada, the C10, you bet. or reciprocity, mm -hmm. yes. There's no CAQ that is gotcha. required in Quebec. Mm -hmm. So the last uh, category of work permit that I'm going to mention briefly is the one under the exemption code A75 which we called uh, commonly the Quebec Bridging Work Permit. So this is a work permit that you can apply for when you hold a valid CSQ, Selection Certificate of Quebec. So when you are in the process of gaining permanent residency, 
you obtain your Quebec selection certificate. And at that moment, if you reside and work in Quebec, you are eligible to present a work permit under that exemption code. So it is a very nice category where the work permit can be issued for the duration of the job offer up to a maximum period of two years. However, the work permit can be renewed if mm -hmm. necessary. Wow, of course. It's a, <laughs> yes, it's a work permit that is um, issued uh, employer specific. It's not an open work permit and you do require a, a job offer. But the spouse or common law are entitled to apply for an open of work course, permit. Of course, an open one. <laughs> exactly. I'm just sitting here laughing, Genevieve, because um, I look at every single one of these programs. And if you do compare them to the federal, there is a lot of parallels. Except, yes. except all of the aspects of the federal programs, whether it is permanent or temporary, all of the aspects of those programs that drive me crazy, that are infuriating, that are heartless and cruel, well, none of those exist within the parallel program in the Quebec <laughs> immigration well, Mark, program. Don't tell me I'm convincing you to move to Quebec, right? <laughs> well, I, let's just say I'm already searching here on Google um, French language classes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. If, if you achieve a level of B2, we can take care of you. <laughs> yes, great. Excellent. Because us, us uh, Albertans here, you know, to a large extent, I think we are in a foreign country than Quebec. But I can tell you um, uh, the all of these pros here for on the Quebec side are, are extremely attractive. But I do have to I do have to find out one thing. Do you yes. have nice fly fishing in Quebec? Oh, we have. Okay. What question Sold. is this? We have the best, I say. So, the best of the best. Then I, so. I, I, I am your next client. <laughs> okay. And then if you move, we'll show you around. There are very, very nice things in Quebec. Wonderful. That is fantastic. Well, Genevieve, do you have any anything else that you'd like to cover off or to close off that you think our, our listeners might like to be aware of? If not, that's fine. But I thought I'd just open it up. Yeah, no, I think I've said it pretty, pretty much everything I wanted to say. Um, but one thing, as you outlined, is that we still have some level of flexibility in Quebec that other provinces may not have. So uh, if, if you have a client that doesn't fit in any of the category, it's worth exploring a few, um, a few strategies that could be implemented in Quebec, uh, as you see. It could be uh, applying first for a permanent job validation that leads to the opening of a program that would otherwise be closed uh, or, or that the client would not meet the specifications. But there's a lot of opportunities, I believe, because we are really uh, welcoming any person who wants to come and contribute to our great province. Awesome. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Genevieve, for taking time to break it down in really simple terms so that, you know, uh, uh, an Alberta immigration lawyer out here can understand how this works now. And it's been really, really helpful for me. And I know for a lot of our listeners out there, whether they're immigration lawyers or consultants or just average, uh, you know, foreign nationals looking for opportunities in Canada, this has been extremely helpful. And, um, and so thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me, Mark. It was a pleasure. Now, if our listeners would like to reach out to you to engage your services, which I would highly recommend they do, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, I can be reached through my direct line. My telephone is 514-845-0990. Or through email. So my email is quite long to spell. We'll put it uh, in the show been... notes. Yeah, we can put Perfect. your email in our, in the show notes. I'll get that from you. And okay. uh, yeah, and we'll put some contact information for your awesome firm, uh, Gomberg Dolphin. And, and really, uh, Genevieve and any of the lawyers there um, practicing uh, immigration, uh, Seth or Avi, any of those lawyers um, would be just just awesome for you to consider retaining you listeners out there if you're looking for direction and guidance and want to hire uh, a firm that you can trust. And, you know, I um, 
anyone that comes on here, I obviously have them on for a reason because of their knowledge, because of their background. But primarily, they are the kind of lawyer that that really goes out of their way to give back to not only you know, our profession and their community, but they're just good, awesome, decent people. And I would squarely fit the entire firm um, within within that definition. So thank you so much, uh, Genevieve. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Mark. It was an honor for us to uh, to attend this podcast. Excellent. Well, maybe in the in the spring, if there's new changes and, and uh, some of these program developments, we can bring you back on and, and you can share some insight on those as well. I will accept the invitation with pleasure. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, as always, another awesome interview. And Genevieve did a great job at giving us a perfect overview of the differences, really, between the Quebec program and the federal program. And holy cow, like <laughs> those of you who do not practice Quebec immigration, like me, you can appreciate that all of the the human uh, elements to the programs, all of the compassion, all of the aspects of the programs that really should be in existence um, are there with the Quebec program. But all of the heartache, the pain, the suffering, the cruel one-touch policies and just downright, I don't know, it's just cruel. I don't know any other way to describe the current immigration policy at a federal level. But it's just heartless, I guess. You know, one mistake, you're done. But even the, this concept of substituted evaluation that even exists still in Quebec that's been long gone from the federal program, you know, when you don't meet the specific requirements of the programs, you can still be considered. And so, you know, you think about all of this, The you'll remember uh, years ago, uh, our labor market impact assessment had these uh, this expedited stream where... Um, they had those list of occupations and you didn't need to advertise if you fit within one of those occupations. It's alive and well in Quebec. Who knew? The Immigrant Investor Program, alive and well in Quebec. Uh, even the entrepreneur and self-employed categories. And although they've been suspended here a little bit, you think about that self-employed category and you compare that to the to the federal program, my goodness, the federal program is, is restricted to athletes and entertainers and farmers. And how broad that uh, that self-employed uh, permanent resident program in Quebec is, uh, I guess we'll see how it eventually um, evolves. But but even the, the the softening of the language requirements, where just oral um, language testing for French ability is all that's required, as opposed to speaking, reading, listening, and writing, and then the harsh nature of of the express entry process. So it was fascinating to hear how wonderful it is to practice. Uh, immigration in the province of Quebec. So I'm very jealous of Genevieve and uh, of uh, uh, all of you uh, immigration lawyers who are practicing in Quebec. Um, boy, I think over the last year, two years, just how much I have struggled with the practice. And, um, you know, I used to really enjoy it. It was so fun. I love feeling like I was making a difference in the lives of clients. And now with the changes to the programs, it's just, it's so stressful. You know, if you make one little mistake, you're, you're basically crucified. And, and then the clients are, are super stressed as well because they're wondering why you're telling them to consider multiple avenues and that there's no guarantees. Well, when I started practice, there wasn't an issue. There wasn't anything that I couldn't fix. If there was a problem, a client screwed something up on their applications, they mistakenly went down to Coots, <laughs> the Coots border crossing or, or somewhere where, you know, the... And I don't mean to slag coots, but the, the porter crossings where things are a little bit more strict, you know, there was always a way to kind of resolve it. But those days are long gone. And so, wow, to hear that those that area, that whole area of what we call compassion is alive and well in Quebec is really cool. Anyways, thanks to uh, to Genevieve. It was a great interview with her. She's just a great person. And so are all of the lawyers um, at, at her law firm, uh, Gomberg Dolphin. You know, Avi Gomberg and Seth Dolphin, uh, Seth Dolphin are just great people and good friends. And um, it was an absolute pleasure to have uh, one of their uh, associate lawyers, Genevieve, join us, uh, join me on the podcast. So I'll put another plug in. I, I send a lot of my immigration, well, I send all of my Quebec-bound immigration to their firm. And uh, never once have I ever had a client who's come back and you know, expressed concern about the, the service that they receive from that the wonderful group of people. 
and they're just really good people. Anyways, thank you to all of you for listening. Once again, if you have an idea for a future podcast, please reach out, let me know, send me an email to mholthe, M-H-O-L-T-H-E at stringham.ca, S-T-R-I-N-G-A-M dot C-A. And I'd love to hear from you. Um, for the rest of you wonderful people, don't forget to subscribe. Go to iTunes. You can, you can um, subscribe to the podcast there. But uh, just, yeah, reach out to me and all the various social media avenues that I'm playing around with. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, whatever tickles your fancy. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, feedback is always appreciated. All right, folks. Um, this comes, uh, this closes right now the uh, season two, episode 11 of the Canadian Immigration Podcast. I want to thank all of you for listening. And until I see you again soon, I wish you all the best as you navigate this crazy world of Canadian immigration law, policy, and practice. Oh, Canada, greatest country in the world. We want to share the richness of your soil. This place I Yeah.